Hi, welcome to MediatorPodcast.com, a podcast and video series about mediation, negotiation, and collaboration. My name is Melissa Gregg, and I provide valuation and online mediation services in St. Louis, Missouri. During this episode, we will discuss divorce financing and the price of getting divorced with Nicole Noonan. She is a matrimonial lawyer and divorce funding expert in New York, but funds divorces throughout the U.S., She's actually been crowned the fairy godmother of divorce by the New York Post. She's also been featured in the Huffington Post, Women in Business, American Banker, The Economist, Forbes Magazine, Fortune Magazine, and the New York Times. Oh my gosh. Welcome, Nicole. How are you? I'm good, Melissa. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Very, very (laughs) impressive. And I think that you are kind of servicing a need that a lot of people need. So let's talk about this. When you're talking to clients, clients. How do you know? I think this is the biggest issue because a lot of people do not get divorced because they may not have the money or they don't know if they have the money or they may not have control of the money. So when do you know if it's really time to go and get divorced? Right. Yeah, no. So before doing this, I, I practice matrimonial law and always said when the clients come into my office, did you try counseling? Did you, and you know when it is time to go when that, that counseling has either happened and it's just not working or it's it's too far, far beyond. I think people are scared sometimes to say this is the time to go. And there's a lot of a lot of holding them back, um, mostly financial. And I want people to know that there is your new chapter on the other side, that you will get through this, that you will be um, empowered really by having the knowledge that you you tried your marriage and it may not have worked and you're now knowing now you know it's time to go. Well, and I think that a lot of people wait. I mean, they could wait years to decide to get divorced. They could wait years to maybe put together some money to get through this process. And I think that it kind of gets to a question that a lot of people have at the very beginning. And it, it, there's a big unknown is how much does a divorce cost? Now you're in the East Coast. So we'll give some ideas of East Coast, we'll give some ideas of uh, Midwest. And then there's also op- different options to get divorced. But we're really talking about divorce that has maybe significant assets. Okay. What are you seeing some of the costs there? Right. So as no two marriages are the same, no two people are the same, no two divorces are going to be the same. So what was right for your neighbor may not be right for you. When you're talking to your friend that got divorced six years ago, halfway across the country, it may not be right when you're getting divorced in Manhattan. Each place is a little different. Each scenario is a little different, but you have to be prepared that the more assets you have, the more um, things you have to divide, the more expensive it could be if you want to get a fair settlement. Also, children, you have to take into account that not all divorces are going to be neat and tidy, that they're going to be 50-50 custody and everyone's going to agree and it's going to be you know, all peaches and cream. A lot of times that could be a very expensive thing. Uh, even if you don't think at the beginning, something could snowball. I have a lot of clients that started with mediation, which I always think is a great way to be most cost effective, but mediation is also going to, uh, it's not going to be a couple hundred dollars. It's going to 
the more you have, the more it's going to be costly to, to divorce, no matter what type of divorce, whether it's a mediation, collaboration, or going through trial. Yeah. And there's a lot of different pieces of the cost of divorce. And so you have attorneys, but if you're going through a divorce, each spouse might have an attorney, right? If you're going to litigation, let's say Absolutely. litigation, if you need an expert, if you have any businesses, you might need a business valuation. If you have a spouse that's not working, you might need a vocational rehab specialist that's going to say how much that non-working spouse could make. Um, you could have a forensic accountant that comes in and traces the assets. So, I mean, realistically, you could have a divorce that could cost $500, which is very rare. That would be like you're doing it on your own and you've figured out how to file and do all these things. You know, maybe somebody has an offer out to help you. But the reality is we're seeing things they could cost 50,000, 100,000, 150,000. Um, and those are significant costs that are kind of depleting some of the marital estate, but they're necessary because you guys are not agreeing on things, right? Absolutely. I mean, we've had cases. Is it a $20,000 case? Is it a $200,000 case? Is it a $2 million case? Mm -hmm. If the assets uh, are something that you you feel that you are entitled to and there are significant assets there's going to be significant experts and those experts are are not going to do it for free <laughs> they they do need to get paid at the end but they are necessary for a lot of these cases especially if you have a business a business evaluation uh for you mentioned a forensic account these are all experts that you need to get to that fair settlement mm -hmm. And even if you look at mediation, because you kind of mentioned that, you know, so mediation could involve a lawyer as a mediator, a financial person as a mediator. Um, we do a lot of co-mediation. And so you're, you kind of have a lawyer and a financial person in, in a lot of respects. Um, but even those you're paying by the hour, you could be paying, you know, in East Coast, you could be paying $500 an hour. In the Midwest, you could be paying three to $500 an hour. Um, and so those hours add up. So even if it took you 20 or 30 hours to go through the whole financial picture, it's still a significant cost. And I think that what you, where you come in, which is really interesting, is there are actually options for people to afford a divorce and kind of try to take back the power and divorce with dignity or at least have proper representation. So what, what are some of the options that people have? Right. So I know from my own practice that something we would suggest uh, if they have not saved up for a rainy day divorce, most people do not. People save up for a wedding, but not necessarily a divorce. Friends or family. Not an easy ask to say to mom and dad, hey, I need $100,000 so I can get divorced after you paid $20,000 for my wedding 15 years ago. Friends, that's also a difficult ask. Uh, people do credit cards. You also have to build up your own credit history. A lot of our clients have not built up their credit history to be able to take out a credit card. You have to make monthly payments and be mindful that if you're looking for a $100,000 line of credit right away, it, it may not be an option for you. Other options that people do are uh, counsel fee or, or awards that they go into court and they request before the judge money to be able to go out and retain their experts. Now, oftentimes a judge is not going to 
say, okay, sure, carte blanche, here's a check, go out and, and retain your experts. The judge is going to wait until the end of trial. Perhaps you won't even be awarded. And getting into court to, to make that application with your attorney is going to cost you money. And there's no guarantees. So with divorce funding, there is a guarantee. Once you're approved, you're able to go out and retain those experts, retain your financial experts, retain your attorneys. And for some clients, we also fund for, for living expenses. So they're able to go out and if they need to um, get a new job and they need to hire a, an expert with um, some sort of career background or education that they need to obtain to get a job, they're able to go and do that with, with divorce funding. Well, and I think you bring up a good point because typically, you know, in some situations in these high net worth divorces, you might have one person that's the wage earner and one person that controls the finances. Um, and then you have another person that maybe stayed at home or, um, you know, did kind of a, a hobby job, if you will, you know, kind of did something to keep their mind seen but it wasn't really a big provider. A lot of times though, we're seeing these divorces that one person just doesn't have access to the credit cards, the bank statements, the accounts. And even if they wanted to save for a rainy day or to get divorced, it's a big red flag. I mean, you're going to say you're going to take a thousand dollars out of your uh, joint account that your spouse could see. And they're going to say, well, why do you keep on taking $1,000 out every month? Are you trying to leave me? You know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard stories like that. I've Absolutely. We've had stories where a woman's purse collection was her divorce fund. Uh, that always, not always an option because a lot of times you can't sell those purses. It's not going to maintain the value. We've also have clients that really didn't know. You, you mentioned that they had didn't have control. And whether in most marriages, one spouse is the one who handles the bills and the other one controls other portions of whether it's the, the household chores or whatever it may be. I've had clients actually say to me, what is a mortgage? And just had no idea. When I said, what is your mortgage? They said, what is a mortgage? So, you know, financial literacy is, is something that I, I could talk about forever, but um, I do think it's important. And if, if it's something that you, you've taken a backseat to, there is options out there. And yes, maybe it's going to cost more money in terms of getting the right financial experts to go back and dig and do tracing if someone's not being forthcoming with documentation as to you know what is the equity in something or what is your business evaluation. So it is important to have those experts if you want to get a fair settlement. Well, and even walking down that path, if you say, you know, I didn't really have access to the funds. Um, and you're, you hire an attorney, you somehow figure out a higher attorney and they're like, okay, well, we'll go to court. We'll get some funds for you to pay me. And you go to court and you do all this and they're like, we'll give you $5,000. And that's barely the retainer for the expert or the attorney. And so then what happens at the end, now you get, you know, let's say 500,000 of settlement, but you have 50,000 of expenses to those those people, you're going to end up paying those people out of your settlement. And, or 
if you don't, like, let's say you can't get the funds and you have an attorney that's like, oh, I don't I don't know if I want to work without getting paid for a year and a half or something to get this divorce done. And so I'm just not going to spend as much time as I should on it. I'm not going to focus as much on it. And you may have a really good attorney, but they're not motivated um, because there's no funds coming in. And and maybe you're maybe that client's a little high maintenance, you know, so it's like, oh, you know, so talk to me a little bit about like that spouse that doesn't have control over the finances, not getting properly represented and what that could mean to the settlement process. Right, right. So they deserve an equal playing field when it comes to their divorce. And I saw it firsthand in my own practice. I see it every day in, in others' practices where it's human nature. If you're not getting paid for a case, it's not going to be the top of the pile. And for an attorney, a lot of the times we have to carry cases, meaning that we'll get paid at the end, as you mentioned. But at the same time, a lot of attorneys will not do that. And they'll be requested to, to, to leave the case. And that is not always a, a great option because if you want a new attorney to come back in, it's a cost time and money to get the new attorney up to speed. And you're still not paying them. And they may not be the equal caliber attorney if you're getting someone who is um, either taking less money or um, being willing to wait until you get to settlement. It's just that you have to be mindful that these attorneys are, are also, they have their overhead. They have their associates they have to pay. They have their secretaries they have to pay. They have their, their tax bill that they have to pay at the end of the day. And if we're waiting for every case until they finalize or a house to sell, it's not always great business for the attorney. And it's, it's like I said, human nature for someone to work more hours on a case that they're getting paid than a case where they're not. Yeah. And there could be ways that the attorney kind of excuses themselves from being your attorney. Now you need another retainer to hire another attorney. And then after you have a couple attorneys, people start to wonder, is it the attorney or is it the client? And if it's just a product of money and, you know, and so I think that this is a really, I, I, I really think it's a significant problem is that then you get one spouse that's not properly represented and you could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars because you just don't, first of all, you don't know the financial picture, right? And then you think that people are the experts telling you, but they're cutting corners or they're like, you know, I'm not going to make any money. I mean, it's, it's sad because that shouldn't be how it is, but there's also times where at the end, the attorney prior attorneys could stake a claim on your, um, on the assets that you get. You know, if you owe a nut first attorney $20,000, they could say, okay, well, when you get your money, you're going to pay me and they're going to pay the other attorney and everybody else, you know, and that's normal. You know, we think that it's coming out of that marital pie, but, and it is, but it's coming out of your portion of the marital pie that really, um, you know, and, and so by saving money, you might actually start to lose some money. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, and let's, let's talk a little bit about more of this divorce funding. So let's say we have an individual that is in this 
perfect situation where they don't have access to the funds. They definitely want to get divorced. You know, we see a lot of uh, narcissism. We see a lot of addiction issues. Um, you know, there could be a, a million different reasons of why you want to leave, but now you have to kind of fund it to get the money to do that. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, why is it more important for divorce clients and professionals to know that this divorce funding is even an option? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's my biggest hurdle for people to know, uh, not just for clients, but for divorce professionals to know that there were an option for their clients. So they're able to have that equal playing field. I, I you mentioned before about clients taking, um, maybe taking a lesser settlement than that what they're entitled to. And I've seen that time and time again, people being backed into taking a settlement because they don't have proper representation. Uh, so it's important for people to know that Maybe friends or family are not an option for you. Credit card may not be an option, but divorce funding may be. If there is a house that is going to be divided, you're entitled to, if you've been married for a significant portion of time, certainly you're entitled to a portion of that equity in the house. And firms may not wait until that house is sold. They may um, have a problem paying their, their overhead and waiting until your house is sold. But for divorce funding, we will wait. We understand that at the end of the day, house will be divided. You will then have your fair equitable solution, your, your fair uh, settlement, and we'll get repaid at the end. But we're willing to wait. The firm shouldn't have to wait. Yeah. And I think before we get into kind of the process of this funding and what a candidate looks like and things like that, so that people can get a better idea of like what, what it looks like. Tell us just a little bit about more about you. Cause I gave you, I gave a brief, you know, introduction that you've been written about everywhere, but how did you really get started in this field or transition from an attorney to kind of a financial specialist? So I, uh, grew up in New Jersey and practiced where I grew up. So I had friends of my mother's, um, school friends coming into my office. And a lot of times they took a, a back seat uh, to their husband's career. And they would be have nice jewelry, nice clothing, nice bags, had absolutely no ability to come up with a retainer. Uh, or if they could come, scrounge together a retainer, they certainly won't be able to to pay to get to the settlement that they they deserve. If it's it's a litigious, um, contentious divorce, it's going to cost a lot of money, um, and they had nowhere to go. And I saw time and time again where a client we backed into taking settlement less than what they're entitled to. We as a firm would be fighting back and forth because our accounts receivables were so high. We'd either have to turn away clients or, or carry the cost. So I said to myself, there has to be something else out there. It has to be another option. And this was back during the housing crisis, so 2008. And we, I said, wow, UK and Australia, there had been this thing, divorce funding for many, many years in the UK, almost every matrimonial firm has used it at some point, not for every client, but certainly um, has it available for clients in their office. I said, wow, why, why don't we have it in the US? So back, back way back then, we, we started in New York and started just working with clients in New York, and we've now grown it across the country. So, but again, our biggest hurdle is for people to know that we're available for them. We're an option. It's not for everybody, but for, for certain clients, it's definitely uh, a lifeline that they wouldn't 
they wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. And I, and I think like what, let's walk through some of the process and like who is a typical candidate for funding your divorce. Sure. I've talked a lot about women, but we have a lot of men as clients as well. It's typically the non-moneyed spouse. So the spouse that relinquished some control to the, the financing that wouldn't have access otherwise to retain the right experts, the right financial experts, the right attorneys, um, or even have their, their living expenses uh, paid for during a divorce. So those, those candidates can be men or women, usually clients where they're asset rich and cash poor. So everything in Manhattan, everything can be tied up in a million dollar apartment and eventually it's going to sell. We've also had clients in, in the Midwest in Iowa where everything's tied up in a farm. It's eventually going to be divided one way or the other, or someone's going to buy someone else out. That's when we get repaid. So there does have to be an asset pool there. Uh, very often I do get clients calling saying, Hey, you know, I had a six month marriage. We rented a, a, a stay at home suites. We have no furniture. We have, we have a dog. We want to divide. Unfortunately, as much as I love dogs, we can't fund those kind of cases, but there does have to be. And again, those, those cases maybe are the right cases that should go to the 1-800 divorce and, and pay very little to get divorced. Don't throw good money after bad. But if you do have assets, you do have children, you do have things that are going to be contentious in a divorce, divorce funding could be an option for you. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, typically what we're seeing is even very successful, uh, wealthy individuals will reinvest their money. So they'll reinvest it in, you know, cars, businesses, buildings, houses, real estate, you know, like any of these things. And those things are not easily to just convert to cash. And and a lot of times we need to get the cash out. Um, But when we go through this process, what are kind of some of the successful outcomes that you see happening when they get the funding? I see empowerment. I, I really do for some clients that divorce is emotionally, financially, it's stressful with having the funding there, having that that security that they know that they'll be able to keep up with with the payments to their lawyers, that keep up with their payments to their experts. It gives them the dignity to go out and say, hey, you know, I, I can do this. I can actually, you know, toe for toe with you. And for a lot of those clients that now have that sense of empowerment, that that weight off their shoulders, it brings the other side, the money spouse, to the table. So for a, a mediation, they'll say, okay, I can't just make some uh, offer that's way, way, way below what I should be making, that this person actually has the great experts, the great attorneys, the great people on her team or on his team that I now need to come to the table with a, a decent fair settlement. Yeah, because it's not always about finding like the shark attorney, you know, or the bulldog, you know, there's so many terms for it. Sometimes it's finding the right person that has your interest in mind, or that does know how to settle a case. Because, you know, when you do have kids involved, people start to focus on how am I going to co-parent? Like, this isn't a person that you're just never going to see again, you know, like most of us may want that, but it's not going to happen. And so you have to continue to work with them in some capacity. And you might want to find an attorney that helps settle. The reality is the funding allows you 
to have that opportunity to find the right person for you, your situation. You know, maybe you want to fight. Maybe there are things to fight about and maybe there aren't. But if you are just kind of pigeonholed into, well, all I have is, you know, can can everybody do this for $5,000? And the answer is going to be no. If you're in a litigation, regardless of what stage you're in, the answer is going to be no. Um, then it gives you some choice, I think, in who you select as part of your team, because this is a process. And if you don't have the right team players, um, it's going to be a very inefficient process in my mind, right? Absolutely. So there's a couple ways that people can reach out to you. And I think that we're going to provide all of your contact information, but, but walk them through what is this process? Like, okay, I now know I need funding. Do I just call you directly or do I work through an attorney or how does that process look? Sure. So they, clients come to us in every stage, uh, whether they're thinking about filing and looking for an attorney, and we try to give them a list of, of attorneys that are, are right for them. But we also say, make sure you go explore your options. Do you need that shark? Or do you need someone who's doing a little more handholding, someone who's getting more conciliatory? It depends on the case. So once they, they have an attorney, they then come back to us. Or if they already have their attorney picked out, they, they call us directly or their attorney calls us directly. Once uh, we've established that contact, our, our team will then send out a application for the attorney to fill out with the client. And it's going to give us an idea for our underwriters to make a determination of what that client's likely entitlement would be. We then fund based on that. So we have the input of the attorney, we have the input of the client, as well as we have the input of our experts that say, you know, this would be fair to fund for, for the client. And they can then have access to that to go out and retain their, their attorneys, keep up with their attorney payments if they need to go out and, and retain a forensic accountant. And oftentimes, a forensic accountant can really make the difference in a case where they'll find hidden assets that the non-moneyed spouse or the spouse that has relinquished some um, some uh, hold on to, to what the family finances are will then say, oh my gosh, there's, there's this account that I never knew of, or uh, there is a, an overseas account that I never heard of. So that can make a real difference. Uh, once the Client is approved. Documents are sent to the client. We do ask the client to review those documents with independent legal counsel. So it does not need to be a matrimonial attorney, but does need to be an attorney that's practicing in that state. And once we receive those documents, the money is wired out and the whole process can be done as little as two weeks, where if you went to court and tried to get your um, interim uh, legal cost or interim um just a support application. It's going to cost, it's going to cost a lot and uh, no guarantees and going to take a lot longer than two weeks. Well, and let's, let's be honest right now, we're in the middle of a little bit of an economic crisis, pandemic, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, you know, stay at home orders and things like that. But the effect is that a lot of things in court are getting pushed. And they're getting pushed, not like next week, okay? In the court system, when something gets pushed, it means it gets rescheduled. And it means it's probably going to get rescheduled in six months or a year. And, you know, part of it is, in some cases, maybe you only got $5,000 to give to the attorney, but you still need to live. Because I think that people 
people think that when they go through the divorce, like the whole process is, is, is trying to be fair. And the reality is it's really set up against sometimes the person that doesn't have control of the money. And, And so you're already kind of behind the eight ball, um, in that perspective. And so I think that with this type of thing, you know, if you have court cases, if you have things that have been pushed into next year, it gives you some time to say, okay, was this, was I constantly like, oh, I'm only going to talk to my attorney for 15 minutes because I don't want to work the bill up. You know, I mean, because those are what you think, like, they're charging me $500 an hour and 15 minutes cost me so much. I don't, I don't want to ask any questions. I don't want to ask anything, but I'm confused about the whole process. I think that's where people should reach out to funding because you're probably looking at a longer process and divorce in general. Um, And you guys fund for litigation, but you also fund for um, mediation and uh, probably collaborative divorce, like other options, um, knowing that eventually the two parties are going to separate. Um, but I think this is super good. And if people have more questions, here is your website, newchaptercapital.com. Um, and is there any other things that I think somebody out there kind of looking at this process should know or should keep in mind as they move forward? Just bear in mind that this too shall pass, that you know, you'll get on to your, to your new chapter. Um, and if they want to find out more information on, on that website as well, there is our brochure that kind of walks you through what the process is again. And if you have any, our frequently asked questions are there, but uh, we're happy to answer any myself, my team, happy to answer any questions. And um, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty clear. I think it was, you know, I was able to look at it and get a pretty good idea of what I would expect if I was going through this process. And so I think it's really good information. It's just, it's in the divorce process, it's just about having options. And, you know, this isn't right for everyone. And that's not what we're saying. We're just saying that if it's right for you, it could be a really great way to uh, kind of make it through to the other side with proper representation and not, you're already going to be stressed through the process, right? You don't want any additional layers of stress. So if you have any questions, please reach out to Nicole Noonan. Um, She is a fabulous resource. And again, they're doing um, divorce funding around the country. So, and I think it was interesting that you said that people in Europe and everything, they're already doing this. Like, why are we always behind the times? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks, Nicole. And, uh, you know, if, if things keep on progressing as they are, maybe we'll have you on to talk about something else. Perfect. <laughs> thanks, Melissa. Have a good day. All right. You too.